0: welcome everyone to episode three of the girls in podcast series i'm really excited to introduce you to my guest today who comes from a very interesting sector um in the startup world and technology world especially as it's developing at a rapid pace i mean Personally, I've been very keen to talk to a guest who works in the digital mental health tech space uh, for a while. So really privileged to have this individual on the show. Um, I think as a startup, as a business, they've really highlighted the urge of sort of mental health care and access and using technology to develop um, the access for individuals and information they can always uh, reach access 24/7. And I suppose with the topic being so prominent on the news, especially in the UK, um, with, with the votes happening, it's a great time to get this individual onto the show and hear their ideas, really. Um, recently, this startup had some great press from contributors like TechCrunch, um, which was a great salesman team. I think the idea of combining technology uh, with sort of mental health, they do extremely well, and I'm really keen to find out about their journey. So without further ado, I want to welcome Zilia, uh the founder and CEO of Psycaps. How are you, Zilia?
1: Hello, I'm very well, thank you, and uh, honoured to be on your show and happy to share the good news and the message. Yeah, great stuff, no, really really good to have you
0: on. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was having a look at PSYCAPS and how they work, I mean, it would be really, really fascinating to find out your journey behind PSYCAPS, how you came to the idea and thought, you know what, I'm going to create a startup around this.
1: Yeah, so it, it started out quite unconventionally. Um, I wanted to do my PhD in psychology and do some research, but I didn't want to do it in the usual way because usually you go to your professor and you ask them for um, a thesis and they give you one that they would like to have research and then that's where you do your PhD. At least that's the way in Germany because I'm German and I just moved to London three years ago. Um, So instead I said, I thought I want to do something a bit more modern because psychology is a little bit, um, slow, which is important because there's a lot of responsibility, but, you know, I was thinking, what is the ultimate comfort zone? It's the smartphone. So that's where you want to look at habits and treatments. So I pitched the idea to my professor and started writing my PhD thesis. And then over time, when I'd be talking to different people, they would say, oh, that's a great idea. I could have used that half a year ago, or my mom needs something like that right now, or, um, I haven't found anything like that um, online. So. I thought maybe this is an opportunity to do business, and um, I looked at the marketplace, and it was just the perfect times. Applications like Headspace and Pacifica had paved the way for mental wellness turning into mental health. Yeah, that's really interesting. And how does how does a
0: user use psych apps, I suppose? And and who are the sort of who is it targeted at?
1: Yeah, so um, we have had quite a journey in the last year and it started as an evidence-based application to um, fight depression and we could prove that it works by using the application once a week. So the, the first version that's on the App Store right now and was part of my thesis is a therapeutic tool. Um, it helps psycho-educate people about depression. Like, What is depression? What can I expect? What happens with my body? What are the outcomes? Helps them to understand that they're not alone. One in five people are struggling with depression at any given time. So if you look around yourself yourself in the tube, you'll see a lot of these people are maybe living through the same journey and suffering from the same things as me, which takes away a lot of pressure. Um, Then we offered a screening, the Beck's Depression Inventory, where people could screen themselves to get an idea of, if they're suffering from a depression, and if so, how severe? And then, without just leaving them with that information, the, um, there would be there were a couple of therapeutic tools where people can learn things about sleep hygiene, mindfulness, about medication side effects, eating, um, exercising, a lot of things that when you hear them, they make sense. Like sleeping is very important for your cognitive skills, but People don't think about them. They don't often link the two. So um, that with a a journal and a checklist and things like that could help people self-manage and self-monitor their um, depression. And originally, we had wanted to link the people using the application with therapists in their vicinity because it takes people up to six weeks to actually go and find help even though they know they want to. 'Cause it's it's quite confusing out there, like what's the difference between psychiatrist and psychologists, who's nearby me, what do they look like, how much do they cost, and so on and so forth. Um, but we are doing a bit of a pivot right now, um, which is a little bit of a direction change or a detour, so to speak, and heading towards gamification, artificial intelligence, yes. chat box and things like that. Great, that's that's really, really cool. Sounds exciting.
0: Um, I mean When I kind of think about, I look at apps such as Headspace um, and you you see so much of the news about anxiety, depression, especially in kind of younger kids as well. And would you say it's easier to approach a subject than say what it was 10
1: years ago? Oh, very much so because um, it's in the general discourse in society. You read the word anxiety or depression every other day. So, even though there are still misconceptions, um, most people know that depression is quite common and that it's you're not crazy. Yeah. I'm saying crazy with little quotation marks yeah. in the air um, when you're suffering from a depression or if you have anxiety um, and that there's things that you can do by yourself or it's normal to find help. So we still have ways to go, especially for men. There's still stigma there, um, but it's a lot better than 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think also... Um, it really helps with kind of influences, um, kind of in probably the celebrity world, especially for younger kids coming forward and saying, yeah, yeah. depression or anxiety. And they feel like, oh, OK, if they, yeah. it, then I can talk about it, really. So that's, that's really good. I mean, when I look at, say, for example, if we keep this very time specific, I mean, we've got the general election mm-hmm. coming up um, in June. I mean, would you do you think the government can do more around mental health? It's not something that I've looked into a lot, but
1: I'm sure that's on the radar. Um, Yes, yes, yes. Definitely, definitely. There's so much the the government can do, and um, I marched against privatisation or privatization, I can't (laughs) pronounce the word, from the NHS, Um, and I think the NHS is the best thing in the world regarding health, Mm. but they are underfunded, and the mental health aspect would need a lot more money. Mm. Um, There's a lot about education, there's a lot about quick treatment. So you can go to um, emergency anytime, but that is rather stressful Um, and you don't always get the help that you need. You still have to go on a waiting list to get actual therapeutic help. So when they say they're doing budget cuts, one of the first things at the moment is mental health because people don't have quite the grasp. They don't understand that affects any part of society and economy. And it's in every life, in every relationship, in every family. So um, there's so much that they can do. And we were actually looking at working together with um, a couple of CCGs here in London oh. to help use the application as a pathway to find the proper help, fastly and
0: smoothly. Okay, that's really good. And how's that coming along? Is it is it far into its course? Um,
1: well, because of our um, our. De- tour that's been a bit sidelined so if I I can just explain really quick because to get people motivated and interested in an application especially with a quite short attention spans and the need to be entertained is hard even if you're talking to mentally healthy people now suffering from a depression um it has impact on motivation on cognitive skills on processing and so on and so forth so to keep people coming back to an application to help them help themselves you need something that is really almost has an addictive quality you know addictive in a good way Um, so our application helps and we could prove that but it was really hard to keep people doing it and if you're not doing therapy where your therapist is sitting across of you and talking to you and there's an interpersonal relationship, then, you know, it's easy to say, okay, I'll do it in five minutes. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it in a week, you know? So we are trying to go a little bit of a different route and say, okay, what do people do a lot often and almost every day? They play games. Yeah. So how can we use gamification and pattern recognition to get people to use applications that are healthy so at the moment we took a little bit a step away from the evidence base and we're going towards a little bit more commercial but our end goal is to have a gamified therapeutic tool
0: well that's really good i mean is it um is it redeveloped kind of amongst your team or is it something very complex um especially with ai um how how are you going to approach this
1: yeah, it's it's very complex. Um, we have had um, the great luck, I guess you could say, um, to meet a wonderful development company in the states that yeah. are specialized on games. Um, they did big games like um, movie games and The Walking Dead. They were work- oh, cool. currently working on Game of Thrones, and they are specialists on gamification. And their CEO has been interested in psychology for quite a while and was looking to do that kind of project and um when we were introduced it immediately emerged that we're a great fit yeah. so um they we have a team set aside just for our project and um, they they're invested in, the, in our company as well and so it's it's a beautiful partnership
0: it's a really good fit it's always great when that happens in the start world isn't it
1: <laughs> yes i know i know and you know we've we've been up and down talking to different development companies and you know people really try to think advantage of startups and yeah. um, I just barely escaped a very bad deal and I was thinking okay this is going nowhere and then you know uh, serendipity so I'm I'm very happy with that. Yeah,
0: once you've got a good developer hold on to them.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, well, I suppose yeah. Let's move it on to more about um, I suppose your role in the startup. What's been probably your biggest challenge that can be industry specific to kind of digital mental health or startup challenge specific?
1: Um, raising money as a female founder (laughs) (laughs) that has been um, quite a journey and I've learned a lot and um, as a psychologist you don't necessarily know much about the business world maybe in theory you know uh, but not personal experience and not getting a feel for the flow of negotiations and things like that so um, I have made a few mistakes and I have learned a lot and um, I think I would start my second company very differently and with a lot more confidence (laughs) and knowing where I need to go, to whom and what time and what do I need to show, (laughs) these kind of things. So it's an adventure. Yeah,
0: adventure is one word to put it when raising sort of investment. I mean, if you could give anyone any sort of advice around investment, what would you say, especially being in London as a startup, um, what would you say to them?
1: Well, I would say um, you need traction. You need numbers and metrics. That is the easiest thing. Um, you know, try no matter what to get the best numbers you can get and then go out there. And then you don't really have to sell anything because you can prove that what you're doing um, has an impact and has as promising.
0: Great. Yeah, that's very true. I uh, so i noticed you're at the, um, I think, for the Wonder Woman Tech Conference. Um, so it was. It's yes,
1: really, yes, exactly. Yeah,
0: it's really good to notice. I mean, people are recognizing yourself as kind of an influ- influential um, individual, Celia. So, my question would be, what's kind of fascinated you the most when it comes to the pro- like progression of female influencers in startups or in general the business world, really?
1: Um, well, as a New newbie feminist, yeah. I, um, I just started about learning and reading about feminism in the last year, um, I think it's very important to bring diversity to each and every field. And, um, you know, there's a lot of studies that show that women-led companies are um, more successful, or if they have women in the sea um, level, than companies without, um, this is for all types of diversity and, um I think that a lot of women are very creative, and I'm not talking about art, I'm talking about ideas and growth and um seeing society from a different perspective than is the normal male perspective yeah. um, so I think you know by by batting my head against a wall until I've made a hole for my company um, maybe the the women behind me and that are following my direction will have a bit easier to step through and and that's very important to me and I, I try to support women wherever I can and not just lip service but you know actually help out and introduce and you know uh, advise where I can I mean you know I'm not seasoned but you know <laughs> <laughs> from my own experience. Yeah, nice. that's, that's very cool. I mean, you're lucky to be, in you know,
0: a great, one of the best startup hubs in the world and being in central London. Um, I was in an event yesterday. Yes. And, you know, when, like, my life is absorbed into startups and when you come out of the event circle for a while and you jump straight back into it, startups are so exciting and it makes yes. me think, hey, this is why I'm doing it. There's so many ideas out there. It's just, it, it's yeah. really, really yes. Great time to be in London, really. Um.
1: Yes, exactly. It's, it's quite exciting. I went to pitch in the Palace um, about three weeks back, yeah. and I was just going, oh, wow, this is amazing. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. boy, this is really amazing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, honestly, I mean, it's it's good to know as well. I think they released some stats on, I think it was a really depressing stat that only 3% of startups actually make it, but they've actually increased that yeah. percentage now. Um, for, to 5%. Yeah, so they're in a really <laughs> good place. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I suppose, I mean, Girls In is all about um, influencing kind of younger girls to go into, mm-hmm. that to be the start world, it could be technology, but just to kind of pursue their passion and experience, any sort of ideas they have just trying to unlock as many kind of potential and opportunities as possible while they're young really so if you could give yourself um, kind of any your younger self any advice what would it be
1: my younger self is definitely stop caring and thinking about what other people think about you first of all nobody really cares (laughs) like people (laughs) People think, especially young young women, think that everybody's looking at them and judging them, whereas most people are thinking about themselves, right? Yeah. And then second of all, you, you being a people pleaser will get you nowhere. And um, I, I used to be, you know, it's a constant working on oneself, but I think it's really important that if you want to make a difference and if you want to get somewhere, you you need to understand who you are and be comfortable with that. And there are many ways to get that, but that should be a goal.
0: right? Great. Well, I mean, on that note, I think I just want to say thank you so much, Zilia, for um, speaking on the Girls In podcast. Uh, it's been really interesting to find out what you guys are doing. Do you have any um, exciting news or an exciting time? We should all wait, uh, wait around for for PSYCAPs. Is there anything happening in 2017?
1: Um, well, in six months, our MVP is going live. So oh, great. We <laughs> have that live of a patience then um, uh, yes please look out for us
0: no of course always um, so yeah I wish you all the luck with um, Psycaps you'll definitely be on my radar more and hopefully everyone that's listening thank you um, it's a great space to be working in and hats off to you because it's not the easiest uh, audience to kind of reach out to and engage so yeah it's, it's yes. very cool what you're doing so thank you so much um, thanks for listening everyone and tune in for the next episode thank you thank you and bye bye